What's going on, team? Good morning. Let's get it started and let's talk about it, really, right? Intel coming in here, giving us more warning in the industry. We'll talk all about that today, but this market just seems to not care. Seems to keep climbing the wall of worry. We'll talk about all the earnings. What are they pointing to? And of course, we got some ratings out there. Wedbush coming in. Silvergate suspending dividend. Bed Bath & Beyond says it doesn't have the cash. What does that mean looking forward? Economic data today could change it all. PCE, the Fed's indicator for inflation. We'll find out. Does this change things up towards the bell? Stick around right here. Pre-market prep. Hit the like. Let's get it started. It's time to rise and shine, team. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Uh, starting the day out in the red. Down 16 handles at 4059.50. The buck is up a dime. Not doing much. 101.74. Bonds down almost a point. 129.18.30 seconds. Crude, once again, taking another crack at that 82.60 level. It's going to be like the fourth, fifth time up there. So we can blast through the day. Gold flat in 1946.70. Silver back under 24. The battle remains down 23 cents at 23.79. And uh, Bitcoin, uh, at good week, not such a great day. Down $195, 21,000, 23,140. So let's bring in uh, Triple D and Money Mitch and Triple D. Seven reports. Not much good news. What's this market thinking? I know. And what is this market thinking? And this market's thinking that inflation is beat. And the market may be correct on that assumption. We're going to find out more with the PCE today. But I do think that inflation has been ticking down dramatically. And I think it's going to start to fall off a cliff for the simple reasons. I think we're going to throw this economy into a hard recession. Um, maybe the market doesn't care about recession. Maybe the market's just looking past that and saying, hey, look, Maybe we get a, a little recession here, but end of the day, inflation gets beat. They start lowering rates here again. Then the market wins in the end anyways. To Raggy's point, I mean, if you think rates are going to go down the second half because you're in a recession, well, that's good news. And they have a lot of bullets. So the market's trying to find reasons to just be bullish no matter what. Because the reports we're getting right now, so far this season, in earnings season, it's so far not so good, I'll be honest. You know, and you can look at what's happened so far, obviously. Microsoft was somewhat disappointing, but they bought it right back. So the reaction to the, to the disappointing earnings has been excellent. The earnings themselves, though, have not been good. So if you're just ignoring stock performance, the earnings are telling you that we're slowing down. And we had a bunch of reports last night and a bunch of basically earnings warnings across different industries. So we'll get into it, but Intel's driving the bus this morning. 
All right, let's get into Intel's report. Let's go towards it and let's talk Q4 EPS, 10 cents missing the 20 cent estimate. Sales at 14 billion missed the 14.45 billion estimate. Intel sees Q1 EPS at a loss of 15 cents. Intel Q4 data center and AI group down 33%, lower oh revenues on TAM contraction and competitive pressures. Intel guiding for about 11 billion in sales in the March quarter, which would be a 40% year over year decline. Oh my Gross God. margins are now to be 34.1%, a huge decrease from 55.2% in the same quarter of 2021. This is an epic disaster. And yes, I'm still long Intel in the long-term portfolio. I bought at 33, wish I would not have. Maybe I should just dump it and take the loss, the six-point loss, because this is a dog of all dogs. If they buy this one back, they're really silver lining it, because I'll tell you, this deserves not to get bought whatsoever. I almost feel like selling it in the hole just to be done with it, because this report was just an epic disaster. Everyone eating their lunch, they're doing everything wrong. And now you couple, you know, a slowing environment with it, and it's a mess. PC, obviously, we knew from Microsoft was a mess. That's going to be, that's a mess here as well. So it, I'd be surprised if Hewlett Packard wasn't getting hit on this. They're down slightly on it. It's actually surprising that they've held up as well as they have, considering that Microsoft has said about PC slowing, now Intel as well, but the data, everything else, all their other businesses are all in decline here. So, this is not just you know a recession. This is an Intel problem too, where Intel had the brand recognition, had everything 20 years ago. It's now the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants Intel inside. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, just scraping at the lows of the pre-market session. I mean, I know we're already down 320. I'm not looking for 25 and a half today, but that's really your next. You kind of blew through uh, between 26 and 28, uh, 26, 37. If I had to, you know, throw one level out, that would be it. But then you have these multiple lows in the 25 and a half, 26 area. Maybe not for today, but like later in the week. And will will the institutions, where the big boys step up again here? Uh, like they did at the end of last year. Uh, but uh, right now that remains to be seen. This is the dog of dogs. And you look at all the, like a lot of other stocks that recovered. This one had a mild recovery and now just right back down. So Intel trading at the lows of the pre-market session, resistance way up at yesterday's. Do you still have your Intel too? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I tried to tell you guys, my friend, AMD's the way to go here. Well, AMD's look... no good either, Mitch. Yeah, so, but look at the I mean, market cap. Say that, look at the AMD, market cap. AMD's I, I... down from $160 a share, so it on. hasn't been rocking either. We're, we're not talking about right now. We're talking long-term. We're talking long-term, right? AMD's looking like the better company. Just look at their market cap in the last five years. Well, there's no doubt about that, though. But yeah. you're paying, so here's the difference, is you're paying mm -hmm. three times the amount for an AMD earning as you are as Intel earning. So is that AMD is three times better? That's really what you have to ask yourself. And maybe it's correct. Maybe it's correct. And maybe the play is. And I'm going to completely talk against my book here. I bought the Intel. I thought it had come down enough from $33 and, or from $55 down to $33. It was a, a mistake. It was a mistake to buy it. It came back up. It, I should have sold it before earnings. Somebody in the chat said they sold it before earnings. Genius. Genius move because, you know, you would only be down three points. Down mm -hmm. six here now. I mean, this goes with investing. If you could be right 
100% of the time, you'd have all the money in the world and you'd be richer than Elon Musk. You cannot be right 100% of the time. I'm wrong on Intel. I'm wrong to have been trying to pick a bottom. I thought it'd come into a value area. I thought it was 5.5% dividend. I thought I had some dividend protection here. It has been an epic dog. But to say that AMD is just, you know, killing it too, is just not the truth either. So I don't know I if mean, I want to own any the monthly right charts. Now. Let's just compare the monthly charts. I think that t- says it all, Dennis. I mean, the monthly charts of Intel, you're, you're talking pricing right People now. People don't need chips anymore. Back to, 20, slowing it, back slowing to 2000. Economy. All right, we like got uh, six other reports that well, we've no, got. No, the, it's the a good argument. We don't have to, you know, we're just, we're arguing because Intel is the biggest report of the day. I think we can spend more than one minute on it because okay. we, we look here and there's, you know, Chevron we already knew about, you know, if they were going to be, well, they're missed. But I mean, yeah. and Intel's driving the whole bus here today. So I don't think we can just move on from Intel right away. Mitch, finish your point because you're yeah, making yeah. a good so, point. Well, when, when we look at the chart of Intel, we're at prices that we were back in even 99. Um, compared to like an AMD where you're only back towards kind of 2020 pricing. Uh, and that still gives us a lead on AMD overall. I mean, AMD came from around $9. Like someone in the chat said they got AMD at $9. I mean, in the long term, what would you rather have? Well, the question is, though, it's all about valuation. So we don't mm-hmm. care how, what the performance is prior. We care what the performance is going to be going ahead. And I, I think still- I'm with you. I'm yeah. almost tempted to just take the Intel loss. I'm not even talking against you. I'm talking mm-hmm. kind of with you. But I don't know if I'm turning around and buying AMD either. To Joel's point, he was just going to make. If we're slowing down, you know, do I want to be paying 35 times in earnings for a chip maker? What's, what's the AMD PE right now? What is it? Let's, take a, Let's find a out. Look. Maybe it's yeah. only 25. I haven't looked at it for 19, a while. The stock's come down a lot. 19. 19.9. Well, that's pretty cheap, you know. But again, chips have always had cheaper. Is it only 19? It's only 19. Wow, that, that sounds pretty decent. I thought it was higher than that. I'm just wondering. I mean, at 17, it won't there. sound too bad, right, Dennis? No, no. I would say, you know, if you're getting down to there. See, I've got 45 for Intel, for, for AMD. But, you know, I guess it depends on what you're looking. You're looking forward yeah, yeah. or you're looking forward. backwards? I'm looking forward right now. At 19. See, forward's useless. Average though, 37. We're going into a recession. I'm still All right. So if that. you want to just keep it at, at, at the, right now, 46. You get to put yeah, 46, 46 is scary. Average 49. So it's tough. So basically, bottom line, it's tough because the earnings are cyclical, mm-hmm. and it's tough to say where we're going here. Intel is saying we're slowing, but this is an Intel problem. Let's not kid yourself, Joel. And and again, we should move on to you know some other stocks here, but this is hitting all chips this morning. So yeah. Nvidia is getting hit on this. It's down two percent. AMD is down two percent. So your point is maybe you should be buying the AMD dip on the Intel. Is that what you're saying, Mitch? Are yeah. you buying the AMD dip today? I think overall, you are clearly pointing that the industry is coming down. But I think in the long-term opportunity, AMD is the one that I would want to be invested in for the long term versus like an Intel. I don't see Intel coming back. I see AMD coming back. All right, let's move forward to Visa now. Let's go towards the next report. Q1 EPS at $2.18, beat the $2.01 estimate. Sales at $7.9 billion, beat the $7.7 billion estimate. Visa did announce a change in CEO. We'll see how that affects. This has been one of my favorite charts, at least just purely on technicals. We'll see if this can continue to run. I wonder if the market's going to hurt this one a little bit today. You did get a you did get the spike to two thirty, 
after, you know, with the print, you've come back back down to 227.38. So you're still up nicely on the day. Um, I would just, I would see if we could challenge that 230. That's been the recent high of the move. Nothing there on the monthlies. I will say, if this doesn't hold 227, that's the top of yesterday's range and the market continues to melt. Uh, you may get a look at that closing price from yeah uh, from yesterday. Actually, it's a double close area, so support a little easier to define at two twenty five, and uh, important to hold two twenty seven. But uh, they're they're still doing okay. It's like the only besides J P Morgan that's up fifteen cents on my front screen. That's the only stock that's showing a gain here up two sixty seven. These right. uh. I mean, it's just been unbelievable to think that the stock is trading, you know, not too far off all time mm -hmm. highs. And MasterCard as well. They are transaction processors. They don't have the credit risks some of these other other uh, card companies do. That's the one good thing about it. Again, though, I just think we're going to slow down. But I mean, I, I've been wrong about this. I mean, and again, you got to trade what's in front of you. And you know, and you, and you too, money, Mitch. We're going to call mm -hmm. it out. You know, we got to say when we're wrong. We've yeah, been wrong. Always. We've been way early. So. Way early calling a recession. Way, mm -hmm. way, way early. Now, again, I was right to sell a lot of stuff last year. Those were all right. But mm -hmm. maybe we should have got on the bus in October. Maybe that is the lows. Maybe we're not revisiting those lows. I'm not saying that I, I'm changing my opinion. I'm giving devil's advocate to my own thoughts. Because yeah. right now, Microsoft basically disappointed a lot on their report. <laughs> they hit the stock, which you would think happens. But they bought it right back. They're not going to buy Intel back because it's just an epic disaster altogether. So I don't think it's coming back anytime soon. But they're buying other stocks on not so great earnings. Is it just the fact that we're just looking past it all now, like Raggy was saying, and now it's like, you know what? They're going to be slowing down and they're saying, even if we get a little hiccup here in earnings right now, it's going to be short-lived because the Fed's going to go into you know, at least a you know, not raising cycle and potentially a pivot later this year. Is that why we're right? I, I, you know, I agree with Raggy's made some great points over She's the really years good. and stuff. But I, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see that that happening. I mean, I think more of a meandering in the market for them to to turn. You know, like oh, first we got to get the recession, and then for rates got to stop going up. I just, it's you know, I've tried to maintain a bullish stance this year, going up on things, but. I just for you know to to rate to, to think that rates are going to go down in twenty three, um, yeah. I mean you can't have your cake and eat it too. We can't have everything slow down. We go into the recession, the Fed cut rates, then the market rallies. And uh, someone made a comment a little bit uh, about long term investing, and it's just you know in the current environment, it's very tough, right? Yeah. I mean it's not the market that it was at you know post COVID. <laughs> Wasn't the way it was in 21. We know what happened in 22. I mean, I think, and Dennis, you talked about this a while ago. You know, grinding. This, this, this is just the grinding market. The rotation market is probably going to keep us from crashing and burning. But uh, just one other thing I wanted to add on the visa. Um, I did see the spike to uh, 230, but there's uh, two monthly highs at 229. So if, in fact, you're looking for a level based on the monthly charts, uh, going back to last year, last March and April, two monthly highs right at uh, 229. Uh, we got the cow guy. The reason I want to move on, we got the cow guy coming on at 815, That's and we only man. got him for a few minutes, and man. then we got some numbers at yeah. uh, 830. Bring him in. Right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on the cow guy.
All right, uh, Scott, Scott, if you can hear me, uh, I don't know if you have your camera on there. I just see audio. I just want to make sure you're ready to go here. Um, let's let's bring on him on audio here. I think you might have some camera issues. Scott, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you here. Oh, but we got to see the outfit, though. Well, I, I'm in the middle of my uh, – well, all right, I'll, I'll try, but I'm in the radio studio, so oh. it doesn't look too good. No worries, no worries. <laughs> okay. we, Oh, he looks fantastic we gotta see like he you. always If anything, does. at least give us a little preview. Oh, look at that. <laughs> love it. Love it. He's How the we doing, most sharp-dressed man. ZZ Top put to shame. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> Help us out. Help us out, Scott. This market, you climbing the wall of worry here. You know, should, you know, Dennis wants to dig in with his well, I just lost you. Sorry. Okay. Uh, you want to camera here. down. Take your camera down, cow guy. Yeah, that, you can help take you it out. down. That's fine. All right. Sorry. That's no okay. Worries. Okay. Okay. There you go. Now you should hear as well. Yeah, I got you. Help us out here. Market climbing the wall, worry because they know everything's going to be fine. That uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a mild recession, and the and the Fed turns things around, starts lowering rates, free money again, or. This, 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 this market just, uh, you know, got it all wrong. What do you think, Scott? I like to smoke what they're smoking. I mean, everybody came back from Davos with a much better attitude than uh, than they went with. And I don't know if it's an echo chamber or what, but, you know, ever dug a hole in your backyard, the topsoil is pretty easy. But when you get down to a certain level, it turns to clay. And I think that with the CPI or inflation rate, that's what's happening. I mean, as we try to take that cpi lower it's going to get harder and harder to take it lower because a lot of the things that are now left to be done with with 6.5 percent inflation you know our, our labor costs they're sticky that's going to be really hard we've got energy ticking back up here uh so crude oil bounced off that 70 level i i just think that um i'm flabbergasted to hear folks think that we're going to cut rates by the end of 23 i mean i just I think that in 24, inflation will be one of the top two things that will be uh, front and center for the presidential election. Uh, whether you want to talk about a soft landing or a hard landing, I'm not really talking about those types of landings. I'm talking about a long landing. I think it's going to take a long time to get rid of six, uh, 4.5% of this inflation because we have to get down to 2%. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a long landing. And everybody thinks that we're going to, you know, okay, yeah, we got inflation going in the right direction, but gentlemen, that inflation number of 6.5% represents we're paying more 6.5% today more than we did this time last year. But this time last year, we were paying 7.5% more. So all you're doing is going bankrupt slower, right? Our prices are still rising, but at a slower rate. And so I can't, I can't be as positive as everybody else is. I know I try to bring folks on. I have my own show here at RFD TV. I try to bring on some positive people that give us the other side of the coin. And yeah, there are some things there are um, that do look good. There are some green shoots out there, but as as long as you got labor as part of yeah, that yeah. CPI, it, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Scott, when's the consumer going to break? Though it just seems like they're just resilient right now. When labor breaks, because when you don't have a job, you don't have any money. And so right now we've got a three point five percent unemployment rate. All the research that I see says that it needs to be around six percent. We need to introduce about four to five million more people to the unemployment rolls and keep it there for one to two years before we can get inflation down to two percent. That's that's the uh, that, that's the the recipe. But everybody wants to ignore that. And now everybody says, okay, 
Uh, it's just tech that's fire. You know, they, they overhired. Well, let me let me let me wake everybody up. Anytime you fire somebody, it means you overhired. All right, that's a dumb term. Overhired. So how about this? Why don't you say the uh, the economy's not doing what we thought it was going to do? That's a better answer. And I think that's more truer than anything else. And I think the economy is not doing that well. And when they finally start to break this unemployment low of 3.5% and it starts to tick back up to four and then five, I think that's when the consumer buckles. Yeah, at a certain point in time, this market's going to start worrying about the economy more. But right now, it's just worried about rates. It's just looking and saying, oh, well, bad news is good news because that means the Fed's going to pivot sooner here. But I'm in the camp that they're not going to pivot until we actually go into a full recession. That's not going to be good for stocks either. But I've been in the re- in the in the bearish camp here for a while, though. And right now, I tell you, the bearish camp is not a fun camp to be in because <laughs> this market continues to climb this wall of worry. You know, everybody's saying, well, they're looking past, you know, they're looking towards, the, you know, the back half of 2023, which potentially could be better if the Fed stops raising interest rates. I mean, I, I'm, I'm challenged to find the bull thesis, but stocks are telling us there's a bull thesis out here. Look, we had um, that GDP number yesterday, 2.1% for the year, 2.9% for the quarter. Um, there are some things in that number with that GDP. Uh, you know, we had inventories rise. That's not necessarily a good thing. We also benefited from, um, an imp- you know, a, a slowdown of import and exports. That's not a good thing. And real disposable income fell for the for you know, by over a trillion dollars, and that's the biggest fall since 1932, which was the worst year of the depression. So we can, you know, I, I don't know. I know these people want to. I want to be in a good mood too, right? I want stocks to go up too. But you know what? Everybody's been whistling by the graveyard here, and and I think the Fed, if the Fed does pivot in 2023, it's because, you know, we we see some sort of absolute you know, Armageddon. Yeah. And then, and then, and that's not good for anybody. So I, I agree with you about the bull case when there's no new news to feed, you know, to, to feed the bear, this thing just keeps ticking higher. But at the end of the day, the numbers are, are the numbers and I, you can't even, you can't even politicize them and make them look any better than they are. It's not good out there. Um, the wealth effect's not good. I just gave you some bad news about that GDP figure, which the president touted as the best thing since sliced bread. Um, you've got all these layoffs hitting tech, but they're also starting to hit Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, show me the good news that you're wanting to run out there and buy these stocks with both hands. And I'll tell you what, I bet I buy those stocks at a cheaper price at some time this year. Is 2% just out of, I mean, to me, I, I just kind of think it's out of the out of the question. I mean, it, it goes up really fast and you can see how hard it's coming down. Do you think the actual Fed pivot could be, Okay, well, two percent's not our target anymore, right? Uh, two and a half or three percent. Yes, and that, I do. Like kind of ease things. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I just, I mean, people are not going to be except, and, and then with everything being more expensive, people are not going to be. People are going for higher wages. I just think, you know, there's just new, there's new eras of 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 economics, right? And I'm no economics professor, but it just seems like that two percent. I mean, come on, Jerome. It, it, how are yeah, we ever going to get there I without just the absolutely killing the economy? Right. I coined the phrase, and I'm taking credit for it. It's not a, it's not a soft landing. It's not a hard landing. It's a long landing. It's going to take a long time. And a lot of these things that we need to deal with when it comes to labor and wages, that's going to take a long time, too. And so you're right. 2%. And by the way, that's an average. So that means we're going to have to go below 2% for some period of time to get the average down to 2%. 
What about the gold bugs? I've, I see a lot of stuff. Gold is telling us something. Gold's telling us something that the world, the, you know, the gold. class. What uh just you know, nice running gold hanging up here at 1950, silver lagging a little bit. And we know your commodities guy just died. You know, is gold really a safe haven? Really gonna <laughs> uh, pull its weight at this time, or just another rally that's gonna flame out? I think gold's telling us that Bitcoin's dead. That's what it's that's what it's telling us. I mean. Uh, we lost a lot of business to Bitcoin. That became the new hedge against inflation. That became the new, the new shiny new thing on the block. And now that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried ruined all that for a lot of folks, um, a lot of a lot of people are now expressing their views of the U.S. economy and gold like they used to, but they went away to Bitcoin for a while. So I think there's a lot of business back in in gold because of the Bitcoin fiasco, and I think it stays. And I think I'm I'm, I'm kind of bullish gold because it's been laying there like a sick dog for so long. That um, I think it's got a chance now, and I, I think that a lot of those folks that have left that arena are going to still continue to play. Well, we'll see what happens. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything that Scotch Lady does. Check out RFD TV. He always has some great interviews. Appreciate you coming on, Scott, and have a good All one. Fellas. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Scott. Okay. All right, we're going to be getting into PCE soon enough here. The Fed's inflation indicator. Let's go ahead. Let's get into some of those previews. Of course, uh, there's a lot that comes out, right? You have the core ones. You have regular price index. So I'm going to try to go through all these right now. Um, yeah, that doesn't even look good there. Let me slide it through the bottom here so you guys can see it. All right, so PCE price index month over month, December prior was 0.1. We'll see what happens there. Do we get back into the positives? Positives would not be a good thing. You want to see a negative come in on that number. PCE price index year over year, December 23 prior was 5.5. And then when we get into the cores, we have some estimate. Core PCE price index month over month estimate 0.3 prior 0.2. So that's actually showing an increase in inflation there for the core PCE. Hopefully that doesn't come in like 0.4, at least for the bulls out there. Then year over year estimate is 4.4%. Prior was 4.7. So that's interesting seeing the prior uh, come down on the year over year estimate uh, to 4.4. We'll see what happens when it hits the tape. There's some other numbers also going through. This is just, I think, the more important to kind of focus on. And then, of course, also at 10 a.m., you'll get the University of Michigan Consumer Confidence. All right, get ready, team. I, I think I'm going to leave here in a minute, so I'll just give my quick thoughts here because I'm going to need to go trade this number. I'm going to leave you guys. But I think that's going to be a decent number. I think inflation's coming in because I think we're, you know, ticking now, you know, towards looking at a recession here. So I think the number's going to be okay, and I think that's why the market's been rallying. I wonder if that rally, if we get it significantly, isn't another opportunity to sell stocks. But I think that the inflation data today could be good. I think we sure. could get a rally because that's what would punish the most people right now mm -hmm. is continuing to climb up. I mean, technically, we got through this 403, 404. It looks like we want to go to 410. A decent number to today could drive us there. So I feel like that. I might be wrong. I'm trading at market neutral a little bit long, leaning a little bit long into the number. Um, but I feel like inflation is the least of this economy's concerns now. I think the bigger concerns now are more, and what we've been talking about, the bigger concerns I believe are, um, you know, that these corporate earnings are going to start to go down. So 
That's what we saw last night. Let's see what the inflation data is. I think the market's going to be focused on that inflation data, though. That's Mm -hmm. what it's gravitating to is that inflation's coming in. Nothing else matters. So if we do get a good number, expect a big pop. Uh, Let's see here. 70 and a quarter uh, stands as your pre-market high. Uh, For this one, the way the market is setting up, the way we rallied, it's kind of easier to give you, you know, resistance here. You had the high close in the move. Thursday's high. We didn't even sniff. Uh, you saw when they started to take it out yesterday, uh, when they took the market down, uh, like around lunchtime. I don't know. It just feels like people probably know where they want to sell on this number on the pop. And if it comes in hot, I just don't know. I mean, you know, yesterday's low is 33 handles away. That's not the, the buy the dippers have come in. They came in a day. They came in Microsoft on the day. They came in, uh, in the S&P's midday yesterday. Every, you know, everything was rosy with Tesla. It's, it's worked a couple times. I'm just, I don't know if I'm as inclined to, the, if they decide to rock this thing to try and buy the dip, get that same kind of reaction in the market. But uh, we're bouncing around pretty good here. And uh, we spiked up. We spiked down. We got the algo jumpers out there. They're, they're trying to bust it through that low. 57 and a quarter. Mitch, you let me know when we get that actual number. And uh, we'll take it from there. But right now, the algos are just having fun. Quick spike up to 4068. Here we go, team. Here it is. USA what do we have? PCE price index month over month, December 0.2 versus a 0.3 estimate, 0.2 prior core PCE. This is one I wanted to see, 0.3 versus 0.3 in line. Uh, PCE price index year over year at 5% versus 5.5% prior. That's a good sign there for PCE, at least overall on a year-to-year basis. Core PCE year-over-year at 4.4 versus 4.4 estimate. So pretty much numbers in line except for PCE price year-over-year. And that's, of course, how the reading's done. But it is going down to 5.0 versus a 5.5 prior. But guess what? First reaction is actually down. And you know and what? It's there's not much of a reaction. There really isn't. There, I mean, uh, you did have the one spike up to 68. Uh, they're really defending uh, the pre-market low here, uh, 57 and a quarter. We're basically well, they buy the dip. Yeah. Well, they're defending the they're defending, defending the dip. I would agree with that. Defending the dip right now. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know the bids are out there in the market. You couldn't usually on these numbers if you know if they can bust it through the low of the day, they can get it going. But man, there it is. There are bids out there uh, now coming back up, down twelve handles, and it's very. I think it's a very muted reaction, right? Uh, personal income two percent versus two percent. That's what the the market was expecting. Uh, I'd say right here, uh, 63 and a half, 64 mile number mid range on the session. But, uh, uh, right now, I mean, the bears, the bears really didn't even give it a good shot there, uh, to bust it. I mean, the algos came in, but, uh, the bulls made a stand at that, that pre-market low of 57 and a quarter. Uh, I'm sure stocks have not moved up a ton off this, uh, Intel's off the, uh, low of the session but that's a whole different story with uh its earnings coming out uh banks down just a little bit I, actually I'm, I'm looking at the s&p's flicker and i'm not really seeing much as far as like the the equities i think the, the market's just uh 
digesting uh, an inline number. Uh, we'll see what uh, what Triple D says when he comes back. But uh, right now, I think market's just reflecting a, a muted reaction here. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Dennis was saying maybe four tens in the work today. I, I, I see like about one more rip up higher, at least from where we get to the point where we're overbought. Um, and I'm just reading off of my RSI indicator. You guys know I use that to kind of give me extreme levels. We've been hanging out. We've gotten as high on the RSI to 76 on the daily, looking for a push to 85. That's what we topped out last time when we went to that move on uh, August the 16th. So that, that RSI was about 83. So I think we're getting to that point where we're overbought. The only question is how much higher is that going to go today? I think you have room for a little bit of a run, especially since we're not taking the, just a quick hit here on the numbers and now starting to push up. We'll see what happens. What about, um, uh, the, Dennis um, is back. Is he back already? I'm, I'm already. Next. We're starting yeah. to try to buy them here. The market didn't really know what to do. It's in line. Yeah, so in line, wasn't yeah. clearly hot, wasn't clearly cold, kind of was just right, I guess, um, if you're just looking at the Yeah, just right. <laughs> just right. Uh, yeah, so the porridge, just right. But, I mean, again, market's still trying to find a reason to rally it. So it's like, well, it's not a bad number. Let's rally it anyway. So the S&Ps are starting to tick higher here now. This market so bloody resilient, silver lining market. We're right back to where we were like two years ago when bad news came out. And they didn't care. They were just buying stock. It's FOMO completely driving the bus now overall. The One bear thing? case is FOMO, that there's yeah. so much money on the sidelines. There's bears everywhere. I've been a bear. Mitch has been a bear. Scott's a bear who we just had on. Bears all over the place. We know Cameron's been in the bearish camp here for a long time. Dawson. Um, there's a lot of bears out there. And right there's now, a... we got to shake out the bears. Yeah, I and think one that's thing what that this I'm market noticing... is doing. This is the pain trade for the bears. And I think there's room to 410 here. I've said before that I'm going to go 100% cash if it goes to 410 because I just think it's insane. Um, I'm going to raise cash, more cash if we go to 410 for sure. I don't know if I'll go 100%. I've never done that before. I go right all out. Except before the COVID, I almost did because I hedged myself. But I think there's room to 410 here. We could get more earnings warnings. But so far, we get the Microsoft kind of warning, Intel massive warning. And the market just isn't listening. Doesn't care. So, I mean, if it's Apple or if it's somebody bigger, maybe the market does care. Next Microsoft week, is getting... pretty big. Microsoft, I know. It wasn't that big. bad, though, when they really try to talk it down. They're like, let me see slight declines here, slight declines there. It wasn't like the Intel disaster that it is. But next week, look at the earnings calendar. I don't know if you have it made up already, Mitch. But Tuesday, you got AMD. Wednesday, you got Meta. Thursday is the gun day. Apple, Amazon, Google, all reporting. So you got five big guns reporting plus you know 500 other companies reporting <laughs> as well you know we don't even give snapchat the love on tuesday is always a market mover ford starbucks i mean merck you got you know so five you still fomc that meeting that day too pfizer pardon me fomc meeting on the when, first what day is the fomc meeting the first what what day of the week is that one that's wednesday baby it's going to be FOMC the day of all wednesday days. so you got you literally put the <laughs> FOMC meeting in the middle of earnings season. That was smart. Get ready. Strap Nothing yourself short of incredible fundamental information coming at us hot next week. 
So mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot more information. Maybe this is calm before the storm, but in the absence of bad news, this market rallies. In the absence, tell yourself that. In the absence of bad news, this market is rallying. Even in the presence it, it did. of a it little ra- bit of bad news. It rallied off bad news. It rallied even, off in the, the- even in the presence of a little bit of bad news, it's rallying. Yeah. So it's tough. It's been tough to be a bear. Believe me, I know. I've been trying to be bearish. You know that. I've been trying mm-hmm. to be bearish. I'm saying I can't even take it. Like I've been trading bullish despite being bearish. And thank goodness, or I would have had a really bad month. So thank goodness, you know, that you're kind of like going with the flow here and not putting a whole pile of shorts on. I think 410 is the number. I think 410 is the number that this market wants to go to. It's where we kicked. So if you look at SPY, I'm just looking at the SPY, not okay. looking at the S&Ps. If we got go back to December, exactly we hit December the 1st, we hit 410 on the kisser. And then, or actually it was in November, sorry. November, uh, my dates are all screwed December up. December 1st. Yeah. And then December 13th, we hit it again. So December 1st, December 13th, we hit 410 on the kisser. We come back up to 410 on the kisser again. Sure, feels like it. That's uh, six handles away. And then, you know, going back just to give you the, the narrative on that, that's when the, the CPI is what knocked it, the CPI numbers, what knocked us off that uh, off that level. Uh, remember that they, they thought, oh, what a great number. And they, they shot the market up. It was up like, a, I, th- I think it was out that week. It was up like 100 handles. Then it came in, right? It came in like, you know, 30 or 40. And then they came in on the open and boom, just sold it on the open. And then I think we got some, over the next few days, you got that, you know, the Fed speak. And that's another thing that's been absent from the market. You talk about bad news or bad things being said. And Mitch, you mentioned the quiet period. It's mm-hmm. basically, you know, we haven't had some Fed head come out and say, oh, yeah, we just you've got a long way to go with raising rates. And uh, and that that's really when Powell speaks or when something comes out the Fed. That's and they when, don't. Yeah, they, they don't have a long ways to go with raising rates. Inflation is coming in. They know they're towards the end. They're not going seven, eight percent. Like I said, no my way. banker called just offered me a 5.33 one-year GIC. 5.33. We haven't seen rates like that in 15 years where you could pick up 5% risk-free. People at Bitcoiners will say, oh, it's not risk-free. But uh, guaranteed by the government of Canada. So if you think Canada's going under, then it's not risk-free. But, you know, I'm going to stay with the camp that can't Bank of Canada's not going under. Um, so I'm going to say it's relatively risk-free, especially when you compare it to stocks. Because if the Bank of Canada goes down, we're going to have major problems um, across the whole. <laughs> There's going to be bigger problems happening if, if major governments are going down. Same thing they say, oh, yeah, the U.S. dollars aren't guaranteed either because of all the debt. Well, they just tax more. So they continue to pay the debt because they just tax more. But, you know, that's besides the point. I'm just saying if we go 7 8%, you know, like we kept raising the rates up to that point in time. Cry, no question. I, I mean, it's not only about a recession. It's about a depression at certain points. Like it's, it's just how much can it handle? So, and you know, and it is getting to a point where it's going to compete. I mean, I'm looking at it and saying five's not bad, but yeah, you're still losing to the real inflation, you know, that they report, the reported inflation of six and a half. So it's not great. Five, when it's inflation, six and a half, you're still losing one and a half in a real return. But if we ever got to seven, eight, nine percent on rates, and some people think we could go there, I mean, I'd sell all my stocks and just invest in eight, nine percent, take it. You know, and again, I would trade yeah, still, yeah. but in long-term investment portfolio, I would move to a lot more cash then. So right now, I'm not even getting punished for holding cash is my point. 
you know, I'm 45% cash or something right now. Um, I might've went up to 50 cause I sold some stocks yesterday. Um, I'm getting 5% on that money right now. So it's not even like it's sitting there doing nothing. When you were selling cash and going to cash a year ago, you, you got nothing. Nothing, nothing. nothing. exactly. That so now you're getting five. Difference. Well, in the long term, the stocks give you seven or eight. You know, if we're just talking long-term performance, it's not like 2020 where stocks are doubling. Long-term mm-hmm. stock market performance over the last 100 years is seven or 8% a year. That's what it gives you. So, I mean, at five risk-free, you're trying to pick up an extra two by taking on all this risk. Doesn't really make sense. Well, that's the problem. So, and some people are doing that. And I was talking to the banker as well. And I had this conversation. I'm like, are you saying, he's like, I'm seeing people sell mutual funds and just move them right into the 5.33. I'm seeing that all over the place is what he said. So you are going to see that the Tina trade, the lack of a Tina trade does compete with stocks eventually. But right now, again, the market doesn't care what I think. The market doesn't care what my banker thinks. The market just cares that there's FOMO. People are in the camp that we're going back to all-time highs by the end of the year. And I want to be in here because we're going to have Amazon back at $160. We're going to have Tesla back at $300. We're going to have Apple back at $175, $180. That's what people think. And that's what the market is trying to tell us is what it thinks right now. Maybe it's right. I don't see the path to get there, but maybe I'm just not seeing clearly. So I'll play devil's advocate with myself. I really don't know at this point. In time. If, if uh, you know, those rates too, I mean, if inflation does come down significantly, then you're talking about a really good rate of return, right? If that, you know, And that's if, what I think too. If inflation's coming down and you can lock in and you can lock in probably if you talk to your banker, probably get four or five years at 5%. It's not bad if you think inflation's going back down to one or two. And again, it was never at one or two. It's what's reported. It's all BS. Because we know the real rate is significantly higher than that. When they're saying it's 8 or 9, it's really 15 or 16. Because the way they calculate it is so uninflationary now. Because they've taken out, you know, this and they redo this. And, you know, they've got, you know, all their math. You know, they don't look at housing prices. They look at, you know, the, the rents and they say or what you think you would get for it. I mean, everything is kind of silly the way they do it. So they try to make the whole index as uninflationary as possible. But even under all those parameters, we're getting inflation. The inflation is still there. But it's coming in. The Fed is going to beat inflation. It is going to beat it. There's no doubt. They're not going to lay off the gas and tell. So the inflation is going to come in. It's not like they're going to just accept it. They're going to beat it. And I think they've already done enough to beat it. And I think the market thinks they've already done enough to beat it. And that's why they're rallying stocks, because they think we're towards the end of this tightening cycle. And I kind of agree with it. I just don't know if there's a recession ahead of this. The soft landing camp is open for business. There's people in there. I'm not in that camp yet. That's why I keep a lot of cash, but I could get talked into it. All right, Mitch, we do it. Let's do a few other earnings reports yeah, here. We had, a, we had a good chat. We've had a good market talk. We had Scott come in. We had our PCE number. We've done uh, Visa and Smelly Intel. Uh, you and I were talking about CVX and, uh, oh, you know, sure. what a. You know, if you bought that thing off the, mm-hmm. the buyback, I'm like, we were, we were talking about this in the show. Like, why did they just do everything together? You know, yeah. why didn't, I mean, why not about, you know, the buyback today? But uh, let's talk, uh, let's talk big day for CVS yesterday. Uh, dragged ExxonMobil along with it to a new all-time mm-hmm. high. You want to cover that? 
Let's do it. The Q4 adjusted EPS, $4.09, missing the $4.38 estimate. Sales at $56.47 billion, beat the $54.63 billion estimate. Chevron Q4 operating cash flow of $12.5 billion, free cash flow of $8.7 billion. Man, money, 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 money. Well, I think Joel, I think, you know, the PR person might have known that, uh, you know, let, 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 let's do this twofold. Maybe it gives us a lift. We get a little bit of a push right back down and we stay in the same spot. Well, doesn't look too bad because it's still holding that gap from yesterday. I think that's what you got to watch for today. Did we break through that 183.48? If that holds, maybe we can hold up here. 183.48. So you're, I don't know where you got, that was yesterday's low. Yeah, boy, oh boy. I, if you're stepping out there, oh man, I think I'd be, if longer term, if I wanted to get into this, I think you fill the gap down to 180. Mm -hmm. So I'll make that, that 183.48, like a, a one and a half star. And uh, uh, the close, that new old time, was that new old time closing high? I think so. I'd be using that as resistance. So good volume yesterday, a lot of sell. If they just turn around and buy this thing right back up uh, off those numbers and be a little bit surprised, but keep an eye on that closing price, 87.79. Doesn't ExxonMobil usually um Isn't it uh, surprising too, Joel, that they come out with a $75 billion buyback? And Here. raise the dividend and then miss on earnings. I know. <laughs> Is that not an, an incredibly shocking to anyone? Again, you know, the earnings were still incredible, you know, when you really feel like it. They've got so much coverage here. I mean, the oil yeah. is just rocking. But don't forget, if we do go into recession, oil stocks get hit too. Don't forget that these earnings are cyclical. They are. You know, we were just three years ago talking about troubles with ExxonMobil when at a 10% dividend. Remember three years ago? And everybody forgets. You know, when oil prices were collapsing, oil went negative, you know, for obviously that was just with the roll. But, you know, oil itself got down to, I think, $12 a barrel. The real, yeah, 10, Don't 12, think about the minus yeah. 37. Think yeah, about the 12. Think about that. Yep. I mean, could we go to that again? It could happen. Anything is possible. This is as good as it gets for oil right now. It's as good as it gets. People think you're just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. I don't, I'm not in that camp. And I've missed the oil trade completely completely missed this left all the money on the sidelines oil trade was the place to be and of 2020 you just sold all your tech and bought all oil you absolutely are the king of the hill you're buying big houses right now and buying fancy cars you're the king of the hill if you did that i sold a lot of tech but i moved it to cash i wish i would have moved it to exxon mobile i wish i would have moved it to chevron but i can't come in here can't do everything i yeah. can't buy it now though i mean kenya yeah, got ExxonMobil at $32 a year and a half ago. It's tripled, tripled in, in two years. We have tripled in two years. We have tripled on the price in Chevron two years. And you know the earnings are cyclical. Wall Street, average person doesn't. They're too stupid. But the earnings are cyclical, meaning if you go into tougher times, those earnings come down too. So I just can't. And again, if you're a trader, trade these things. Trading yeah, day it, trade. Day trading it all day long. All, all day. day long. Mm -hmm. But long-term investing in Chevron now, That's hard. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Yeah, one that I played yesterday, Valero, um, that was a nice little play um, and also through highs, right? I think I'll only rent this stock from here on out, and that's the only way I can play it. It's just renting it, not buying it, right? 
you can't make money trading the past. You can only make money trading the future. So you can right. say, well, look how good like these things one. have been. Yeah, but we don't know that that translates into continued earnings here in the future. So you make money by predicting in the future. I just feel like the run has been so incredible. I don't want to be caught when these things, you know, turn. And again, if I'm calling for a recession, which I still am, I may be wrong. And maybe the recession comes and the stocks don't give a crap and they just go up anyways. That's possible. But if that's the case, I mean, it's not going to be oil driving the bus here, I don't think, forever. I don't think oil stocks continue to drive the bus. They drove the bus for the last year. It's been awesome. It's the trade right now. I'll tell you, it's still the trade. And you have to separate. People say, don't say, it's hard to separate trading and investing. It is. But I have two separate accounts. I don't have like, oh, I have this position. This is dead end. Literally two separate accounts. It's the only way you can possibly do it. I have one account, which I log into once or twice a week. Sometimes I don't log into for weeks. The long-term investing account, which was with, with which is with BMO Investor Line. I'm Canadian. I pay $6 a trade there because it deters me from trading. So, you know, because I don't like paying the trading costs. So over there at BMO Investor Line. And then I'm here in this account which I have with Interactive Brokers now, which is all my day trading and all basically the majority of my trading. So I do completely separate with two separate accounts. In this day trading account, it has been long this crap all month. Not oil, um, not, not a lot of oil, but it's been long these stupid little crappy stocks all month. And it's done okay because of that. I could have did better because I was long a lot of these things in January. And it just hasn't, you know, and again, it just hasn't, you know, I, I didn't hold those trades long enough. I called the January effect, and I'm kind of disappointed with my January performance, and you'll see it, you know, coming up next week. It's okay. I should have been a lot better because I called it, man. I called for the January effect. We got it more than ever. I got out of the stuff too soon. Again, you know what, I'm always early. I got out too soon. You know what I think, and one thing that we really haven't focused on as much, and I think which is uh, really giving a, a bid to, uh, you know, the oil market is, you know, look at China. I mean, you know, look look at that chart. I mean, if the, the all the issues, oh. it, went, it went from they're invading Taiwan uh, and, uh, you know, WW3 with them, ter- you know, teaming yeah. up with Russia. Yeah, and, and now be. look at yeah, look at that thing. Look at the mm-hmm. look at the you know if that comes online, that's going to be you know get their economy going. They have the what the year, the rabbit, the lunar year. They're they're pumping, you know, they're pumping. They're they're doing what we did. They're getting their economy going. So yeah. I think there's another you know there's another rotation, you know, and that's why I think even the rallies that you're going to see in the U.S. stocks. Is going to be a little bit muted because I think people are, you know, are diversifying. Is it the EEM finally, you know, going to make its move? I mean, it's basically where it was at, you know, 2015. But I think you just have a. Uh, it's been know, an incredible rally. Look really. at that. Look at and and, and again, this market has what it's done so far is it's basically, you know, it, it, October, everything turned. You know, and, and again, some of the growth tech did not, but everything's cyclical. And, you know, the emerging markets, Alibaba was in there, obviously. It was October bottom. You know, people will talk about December bottom, but that was really for the Kathy stocks. The October bottom for General Electric and all the cyclicals, I mean, it has not looked back since. So it's not just a one-month rally. It's been a three-month rally for a lot of this stuff. And the emerging markets, and even looking over to Europe, I mean, bring up the EFA. Bring up the EFA. This has been nothing short of an incredible rally too, which started in October. It was the same thing. 
So we are not even in a one-month rally. We're in a three-month rally. And you have to respect that if you're a bear, that this isn't just a January effect blip. It's been going on for three months. So again, I think the bulls are in complete control here right now still. I keep thinking there's going to be a tape bomb that destroys it, but we've kind of had a few little ones. Little and ones, it hasn't yeah. bucked the trend. So I can't argue with the bull thesis here. Um, I'd, I'd love to be 100% invest in the long-term portfolio, but I can't logically make out. Like I trade what I see, which is all irrational, but I kind of invest logically. You know, like you're thinking like longer term. And to Scott's point, I keep thinking the same thoughts he has is like, I'm going to buy these stocks cheaper later this year. I really think that too, but I've been thinking wrong. I've been wrong. And maybe I'm going to be wrong. And maybe we are going back to all-time highs. And that's going to really suck to be half cash if we go back to all-time highs. Yeah, that, well, I mean, there's always, you know, a median and I talk about trading ranges, but, you know, it, you know, it's like the the growth trade, uh, you know, it's really not waiting here, right? Because you got, uh, you got some decent numbers from uh, Tesla, right? And that's the leader of the pack. So, you know, if you're looking for the turn, you know, Tesla, it's kind of not all of the growth stocks, but that that's definitely, you know, pepping up. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, you can look at the rally and say, wow, it's rallied 60 bucks. But you also can say, well, it fell 300. And then yeah, you look at something like Netflix and you're like, you know, why are people going to be rushing out to sell? Sure, there's some overhead supply, but, they, yeah. you know, you were good. You were good on uh, on uh, Musk. You know, he. he there's he, no way boy. he's lowering yeah. guidance. You got to know who you're dealing with. Musk is an eternal optimist on his own company. He said on the call, I believe Tesla is going to be the most valuable company in the world one day. He's not going to go out, even if he sees his blinders would be on, even if he can see, you know, the tea leaves that, hey, you know, orders maybe not going that great coming forward, or maybe we had to lower prices because orders aren't going that great. He, one, is not going to talk about it. Two, he's not even going to believe that it's not just going to turn around. And again, so you got to know who your CEO is. I mean, you get Nadella from Microsoft. He's conservative, you know, so he's going to be a little more conservative with his guys. Musk is the opposite. So it was almost predictable. He should have just bought Tesla stock going to the call because there was no way, even if he saw that it was starting to slow a little bit. I mean, he can't, he can't fudge the numbers that they just did. But going forward, he can definitely keep the guidance, you know. And, and again, it's what he believes. He's controlling that guidance to a certain extent. You know, they're projecting out, but, you know, it's belief. All guidance is is projections. Well, Musk mm-hmm. believes he's going to be selling every car on the face of the earth one day. So it was predictable that he was not going to lower guide. And he didn't. And he talked very optimistically on the call. And the Mark stock's been rallying ever since. Well, there there was no way it was going to be the other way. So that was an easy, low-hanging fruit. Wish I would have bought Tesla on the call. Should have done it, actually. Should have done it the whole way. I mean, I've called this rally up at 125. Thought it might stall out at 150. Now you're going 162. And me and you said yesterday it could go at 200. There's room here. <laughs> Yeah, that one sixty one was a good number. I I gave it to it for for one day, and uh, that's all it was good for uh, was for one day, right? At least now, based on the pre market trading, it looked like it got a little bit a little bit of selling interest here at one sixty four. But uh, if you're going to rely on your daily charts, you're just going to laugh at that because the next daily high uh, comes in one seventy five oh five. Now incremental, you know. It, it's the next daily high, but uh, we'll see if it can remain in the 160 handle. Now, the rally was so so far, as of right now, as of 8.56, you did get a rally, and it was sold. And yet, 
so far we haven't taken out the pre-market low. We've had a tight range, Dennis. Uh, I know it's uh, you know some Very individual tight. stocks. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just the way that uh, on the number they tried to bust it right and and they couldn't, and then they take it up. And they yeah. can't take it up. It's a. I think this is an important day for the market. A lot of oh, times, you 100%. you have you have a good week, and then on Friday, it's just we're we're closing the week on the highs, right? We're gonna you know we're gonna finish a strong week, strong. That's fourteen handles away. I I would like if 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 we did close green today, then I then I don't think there's. Any bullets left in the chamber for for the bears? Yeah, this, this is the problem. Is this market is breaking the bears? That is what is really happening here. It's trying to break Mitch. It's trying to break Dennis. It's trying to break Scott. It's breaking the bears. You can see I'm crackling all over the place. I've been cracking <laughs> for a month though. You know, I said it back. You know, when we started to get these other numbers, I mean, I've been cracking on this bear case for a while. It's why I'm leaning bullish on the trading account here because I got cracks all over. Got a hedge. I'm trying to hold strong in this long-term account, but it wants to buy everything. It wants to go in. The FOMO's real, folks. Dennis has the FOMO right now. Too. I'm bit bearish now. To justify I'm saying it's five percent. So it's okay, but he's. Mad. I'm not changing tunes. I'm not changing <laughs> tunes. See, you haven't cracked Mitch yet. You got to break Mitch and then we'll go down. Once we break Yeah, Mitch. you see me go bullish. You know what that number is? <laughs> That's the top. <laughs> 420. 420. That's what go you need. So you, guys think we're going to, so you guys are getting – I got 1,000 and 60, Dennis. 1,000. I'm giving you take an edge. Take it. Take bit. it. I got 1,000 and 60. You and take more. Well, I, I got 1,000 and 55. <laughs> I better I'll get nervous up here now. No, my There's biggest thing is I, I started pointing that we aren't into overbought yet. And I think we're about to get here. I think today could be that day that we get technically overbought. Okay. And so I've pointed that out on the RSI. There's a bearish divergence that's starting to show up also on the RSI. And as my technicals go. That's what I'm just going to stick to right now. The headwinds out there still showing present. Earnings. Earnings telling it all, I feel. But the ears aren't open right now. The only thing they're focusing on is the up price action. Now, that's okay. Now, if that turns around, how quickly will the narrative turn back around to the earnings pointing lower? That's the only question that I have. We'll see what happens today, right? Uh, let's go do one last one, maybe. Hasbro. Or, or we could do American Express. I don't know which one you guys prefer. Well, the American Express is a shocking one. Hasbro, let's just quickly say lower guide. Yeah, lower came guide. Out, lower guide. I don't even know if they were on schedule. Were they on no, the this schedule? Is a, no, this is, no, this this is came one of your earning bombs. Lower guide. Tape bomb. So, it's tape bomb, Hasbro. Nobody's buying toys. Shocker. Um, American Express is This a was shock one that itself. we were looking at. The reaction to this report is unbelievable. Because here it is. And Mitch, if you want to give it, but I'll just give it quick. I'm looking at it. Oh, 207 versus 222. They miss on the top. They miss on the bottom. But then mm. they raised guidance. And they're like, oh, my gosh, they've raised guidance. Bye, 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 bye. Al goes, bye, 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 bye. That's un And I guess af after COF, when we saw Capital One gets hammered on theirs, which oh, it should have been. Yeah. Then they bought that dip, and they haven't stopped buying it since. Yeah. The silver lining market. The breaking of the bears is real, folks. 
they're breaking the Bears. And well, that guidance, that guidance was pretty high, too. right? That guidance was fiscal year 23 EPS at $11 to $11.40 versus a $10.52 estimate. So, I mean, pretty, pretty higher there, almost about a buck higher than what their estimate was. That's helping them out right here. I, we were looking at this chart before the earnings. It looked good on the daily. We'll start looking for some levels to hold, especially if we could pull back towards, let's say, around the 160 area. That's where I'll be looking for. Uh, I'm just shocked to see the AXP is over 160. I'm not shocked, but, I mean, 166. I mean, that was a, a triple top right there. I mean, if that was your target, you're looking for more, go ahead. But, uh, you know, three highs in the same area running up there, up uh, 11 bucks. So they could pull a cough or whatever. But uh, I would, this one would be, you know, if you open 167, you go 167 and a half, whatever, whatever you want to go, whole number at 170. Uh, but, man, you come back down through 166, maybe get them a little bit uh, momentum going on the downside. Well, uh, this has been a fun show. Right. Uh, today, we yep. didn't get to uh, cover as many stocks as we want to, but we had some great discussions on the markets. Uh, just looking, S&Ps are basically where we were before we had the PC, PCE PC number. number. Yeah. There yeah. is no PCE number. <laughs> no, we're right back I where we were. I have got a guest here. Yeah, here so. just saying goodbye. Yeah, toast, baby, so, toast. Yeah, so, so, the, so the boy's gone to a hockey tournament with, with my wife. And uh, so I've got the girl here alone, and she's been waiting patiently for me to be done this radio show. So she said, "I need some toast, man." <laughs> no school yeah. today. This PA day. Oh. They give these PA. They call PA when he gets to get random days off, and I don't know if he PA? has those PA day. Yeah, you they see, call personal. Uh, I, I don't. I, I that was like personal development day. I don't know what the A stands for. That would be for, PD. But, yeah, I know, but they call them PA days, personal administration right. day. I'll take one of those days. Can I take one of those? They give them one day off a month anyway. So here she is. So PA (laughs) day. She's adorable. I'll I'll take one of those. Triple D, I'm going to hop. Let's touch base later on. Everyone have a good day. All right. Getting the guys out of here. We'll wrap up and get you guys to the live trading action. If you guys want to stick around. And I heard talk in the chat about another trading channel. Well, Go to the one that supports you the most. That's the only thing that I would give you. Uh, Definitely looking towards getting going here on live trading. And don't miss it, team. I did put out the email for the book club this weekend. We put out the first edited version last night. So if you guys didn't catch the edited version, you guys can check out Trading in the Zone this Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. I put out the email for everybody that's filled out the form. So if you want to be part of the book club, you got to be part of the form. You got to go ahead and give that email so that I can get you guys. And of course, like always, I'm not trying to spam you. You guys will see it's coming from my personal email and delivered to you. So if you guys want to check out the book club, feel free to go ahead and do so. I'll throw it up right here in the chat. And like always, you guys can keep building on your skills. That's what we do pre-market prep for. And I know that's why Dennis does it. He's trying to help you guys learn from experience, right? I'm learning from experience. I think we all can learn from the way that we look into the markets, right? Very flexible, always able to turn on a dime. We'll see today. Can we continue going? Can we get to that 410? Will we see some topping? Bulls have control right now. That is clear. The only question is, will things turn around or will it just stay bullish? Will it just stay rosy? We'll find out. Come to live trading to check out all the action today. 
and continuing right here on Benzinga.